Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I am James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day, until the end of time. You know, James, completely yeah. unrelated, but I, I, I thought about this as we did our intro here. I heard, okay. a, I heard a podcast the other day that was talking about how interesting it is that people are moving away from saying things like, uh, and my co-host, so-and-so, or saying, and I am and I am your co-host, right? That people are saying, because I think uh, there's like a weird stigma around the co-something. Sure. As if it's like second billing. So sure. like people are now starting to do the thing of like, I am your host and, then, and I am your other host. And I found that very interesting because I was listening to that and I was like, you know, we don't do that because of the fact, like, it would be different, I think, I think we would do this differently if it was like one of us always doing the intro, or even if we were doing it the way that we do now, if you did it like, uh, you know, I am your uh, I am your host, James Anderson, and I'm here with my co-host, Colin Parker, and then I said the next part of the, we're going through the MC on the show, we're going through, right? Right. But like, I was like, I don't think I would mind that. Like, I, I wouldn't care if we, if we had initially written it where host one or whatever uh the the person who's kicking it off does both introductions i wouldn't mind if i got called a co-host but it is interesting that like so many shows are now dropping that title even though i would say outside of the show my co-host james sure and i wouldn't be surprised if you called me your co-host kind of thing right like instead of saying and my other host sounds weird yeah when you're outside of the show you know what i mean I got uh, I I pulled it from uh, Travis and Teresa, mm. um, on um, their show that I listened to. They're like, I am a host, Travis McElroy, and I am a other host, Teresa McElroy. And I found that I found that charming. Tangents. Previously on Timeline Scavengers, Werner Reinhardt was experimenting on human subjects with a mysterious obelisk. It killed everyone who touched it until a young woman was brought in. When she touched it, it glowed. Before Reinhardt could experiment further, news of the Red Skull's de- defeat came through, so Reinhardt's group had to put a- put any further experimentation on hold. So, I like that uh, you did the junior novelization edit real quick there, where you're yeah. like, of Red Skull's de- defeat? <laughs> <laughs> he became... <clears throat> Massively unalived um, <laughs> or unearthified, depending on what you know about the future. Earthly unalived, I think, maybe is a yeah, good way of looking at it. For sure. Yeah. EA? All right. Sports. So, it's in the game. <laughs> it's in the game, but it's not on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Get those stones. All right. So, um, shall I just go into what happens in this episode? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Should, 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 yeah. All right, cool. So, we are, um, we heard um, watching. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, Episode 1. I have started one minute and one second, and I think that is, that's the time when the previously ons are I believe over so as from, well. Yeah. That's where yeah. I believe it ended for me as well. Yeah. Um, so you're going to start at one minute, one second, end at three minutes and 43 seconds, and here's the first thing that happens in Season 2 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because if you'll remember, our last episode was eight episodes in. This is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. I was been looking forward to on the show where it's like, no, we're not going to learn more about him as the season progresses. Let's get this history in order right now. So, 
Warner Reinhardt is supervising the loading of artifacts from the last Hydra base. He asks an officer where the obelisk is, and he is informed that it's being loaded presently. It is brought out, and he says a little bit to the officer about what the Red Skull thought it might be capable of. Just then, Agent Carter and the Howling Commandos burst through the door. They take all of the Hydra soldiers prisoner and confiscate the artifacts, hiding both soldiers and artifacts indefinitely. There's lots of fun banter. There There's is. lots of really condescending Nazi overlord scientist stuff with like, hey, Jimmy, come over here and learn about an obelisk. Can I touch it? No, please, God, no. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I, I do want to say, first and foremost, one thing that I thought was very fun and kind of cute in a way was the way when the Howling Commandos and Agent Carter yeah. come through. They are still doing the V formation thing, but now that's how we Agent, walk. <laughs> but now Agent Carter's in the center. Yeah, and exactly. Jim Marita yeah. has also moved up uh, from being the back line of defense, like the person watching their backs, to now being where like Bucky was. Right. You know, so he's still last because everyone else in the in the formation is anonymous. But it's mm-hmm. he's moved up technically because of you know right. Gabe Jones had trumpet rehearsal. Right. Etc. Um, slash filming schedules was right. different. What? Trumpet combat 101. He had to teach slash learn. Um, I learned. <laughs> they taught me. All right. So um, what what was your favorite part of this scene? There's a lot that goes on in this scene that I didn't sort of mention. What, right. What, where should we start? I want to tell you that it is very funny to me the way they chose to bring out the obelisk because he's like, should I go get it basically? And he's like, go get it. Right. Like, the, yeah. the the banter there is like weird. It's fascinating. Where's the, where's the one thing I care about? Uh, it's coming out now. Bring it out now. Right. He's like, bring it out now. And he's like, so it gets kind of like impatient. I don't know what I was expecting. I guess I was expecting it to already be put away or something. Right. But the way he comes around the corner, and it's also on like a massive piece of wood. Right? Sure. At, like it is probably two to three times the length of the obelisk so that the guy is fully holding it out. He walks in or walks out rather uh, with this thing on this like little wooden tray as if he's bringing his mom breakfast in bed on Mother's Day. Right. And like, and he's just like, here you go, you know, Werner uh, Reinhardt. Right. I made this for you. I got that. Like, this is for you. And it's like someone else clearly already made it and did it for him. But now he's taking credit by walking out and being like, Breakfast. There's a flower drawn on the obelisk. Exactly. And he's like, I hope you don't mind. I also put googly eyes on it because I think that's fun. Right? Like <laughs> things like that. But like he just walks out and the way he's just like carrying it as if it's this little yeah. charcuterie board of of Cree technology. Just like right. charcuterie. Uh, and he's like, is this good? And he's like, charcuterie. Ooh, yep. I like that. Cree, Cree to Cree. No, I think that might be too many. One, I think that's one. Too, you know, we always do what's one more. I think that was yeah, actually one too many. One, right, Cree sharks. What's one too many is actually a really fun take for that. I think from now on, is when we know we've actually hit the end, like the end point, yeah. like the best one. But we go, let's just push it one more just what's to get more? aggravated. Yeah, what's, what's one too what's many? One that's, too very, many? <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Um, I want to tell the listener if you haven't seen pictures that we've for sure posted on this episode and the last episode Mm -hmm. um this obelisk looks like if you were doodling in sixth grade on the side of the page and you were just sort of having fun with like lines and angles but then you made it into like a 
a 3D prism sort of deal. You know, like some real middle school stuff. This looks like that. You know? Like it's like weird angles and like unnecessary twists and turns and stuff. You know how people make props in movies and stuff like that where a frequent... Uh, okay, let me, let me reword this. I think we clearly probably still do this to this day, but like I think a lot of the times now we're just handcrafting things sure. uh, like fully from scratch. Whereas I feel like a lot of the times, specifically like I'm thinking of things like Star Wars, right? Where yeah. they would take like four or five household items. Right. Sort of disassemble them and like reconnect them with like small screws and like glue and stuff like that. Like the original lightsaber was, you know, basically like a flashlight handle, some pieces of a windshield wiper uh, and some other pieces, right? Like to, to create this image, right? But, like, the way that this comes out is it looks like someone just covered with, like, a little bit of cardboard and then some aluminum foil, basically, or duct tape. Like, one of those 1990s, early 2000s wireless phones for the house. Oh, sure. Because it's, like, it's got, like, a straight back and it has a very clear, like, like it, I, I don't know how to describe it. But it yeah. almost feels as though you could convince me that you could put that flat on a table and yeah. lift up part of it and it would just actually be like two pieces and one piece would end up right. being the receiver. Like that's what it like. It just straight up looks like someone was like, what kind of props do we have around? It's like, Oh, we've right. got this old phone. Like great. Cover it in some foil and shit and draw some lines on it. Get it out. Exactly. the door. Like, and, and I'm not saying it looks bad to be very clear. No. The, the way I worded that sounds rough, but like, it's well, just so interestingly like, I don't know. I think that what I'm getting at is that there are times where we see props where I go, wow, what the hell is that yeah. based on? But like yeah. this one is one where I, like the first time I ever saw it, I was like, God, that looks like a phone, like, like an old phone. Like it was yeah. just, it just immediately hit me like that. I could also see if you were doing an experimental theater and you told the set designer the dimensions that you needed for your like one set piece and they got the units wrong. And so it was sort of like a Zoolander, like here it is. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's, that's is this an obelisk for ants? For yeah. an obelisk for ants, exactly. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hank Pym and you know, Scott Lang are like, hey, great looking hey, obelisk. Cool. Nice obelisk. Hey, baby, nice obelisk there. <laughs> I wish I could say, touch hey, it and find baby? out if, I, <laughs> if I'm an inhuman or not. Which, okay, which one is saying, hey, baby? Because neither uh, of Scott, them. Scott Lang, he's trying something. I'm trying to differentiate myself a little bit. I was thinking, what if I kind of hey, went for like baby. a Joey? What if I went it's for like, like a Joey thing? It it like pans slowly over to Wasp, who's like, no, no, no. This is nothing. <laughs> he's, he's like, is that anything? Like afterwards, and she's like, it's nothing. <laughs> and then she flies away, and it, it pans the other way, and, and Hank Pym's like, no, seriously, dude, stop. Stop that. Um. And then Michael Payne is like, I liked it. He, no, he's he's just on the comms, like in the truck. And he goes, did you just say, hey, baby? It's like, Ant-Man would never say baby. Like, you know, and then Michael Payne, hey, hey, man, I loved it. Baby, lo loved it, baby. He would say, loved it, baby, like really quickly. Very good. All these characters don't exist yet. So um, <laughs> the... But at least 20 years. <laughs> 20, right. Um, Hank Pym's probably alive. Um. Yeah, he's for sure alive. No. That would make him 80 in He's super damn old. I mean, he's old, but I don't think he's that old. 
He's 78 years old. It says date of birth, 1940s through 1950s. That just feels so. It feels like that's a, like just like this much too. He's old. Just so fucking old. <laughs> Once again, Scott Lang trying something. Yeah, and he's like, I can hear you. <laughs> what if we roast Hank? Is that a thing? <laughs> it's roasting Hank a way that I can get. Well, that gave me daddy any favor. Gone. And then she's like, My daddy issues are gone. So he's like, Fuck. Ah, crap. Does that mean I can't? No, no, no. All right. All right. So one thing that happens is that uh, Dum Dum Dugan starts to lift up a box and we clearly see a blue arm with a unique tattoo on it. Yeah. Uh, and then Peggy says that's too dangerous. So we'll look at that later. What else happens in this scene? There is, hang on. I was going to say something that you said about that moment though. I was like, dude, that happened. I- no, no, it, it did. But like it, you said that and it immediately, again, this is one of the reasons why sometimes I actually make my notes for like uh, for other people's scenes as well. And a lot of the times I go, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. And now I'm going, shit. The thing is like they say something very specific in that moment. Hang on. I'm going to see if I can find it super quick because I just have the episode already mm-hmm. open anyway. I want to see what they say as they open it. Okay, okay. Let me let me rewind this super quick just to say I did really appreciate Marita going Guten Tag, boys. Like good that's a good line. <laughs> I have it's, a follow-up to his next line, uh, yeah. which I did do a little bit of research on once again, oh, Duolingo setting me yeah, down, yeah. letting me he down. Says, no sudden moves. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. They show the thing, right? Like they they start to open the box and you see the 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 blue arm with the the thing. Which, by the way, by the time this comes out, I will have aired the clip from Miss Marvel. Okay. So yep. we've seen this type of blue arm with you know tattoos that on tattoo. it before. Okay. So we've we've now seen this before. Right. So for sure, uh, and actually we have as well a little bit in the Mayan Man episode. Sure. We've seen these Mayan Man. Yeah, we've seen these uh, for lack of a better term in action, right? We've oh, seen these yeah. living, maybe is a better way right. of saying them. Um, right. But there was an interesting thing where I know I've already sort of, in the last episode, we began to figure out how we're going to sign off for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. And okay. I mentioned something from season one. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was something, I had to look up to, to do a little bit of research to see if something was purely like, for lack of a better term, happenstance and then like, historically accurate a certain thing or if they were implying that before uh they got taken down this base got taken down that they were kind of already working on tahiti okay and the reason i thought that is because when they're moving all these boxes and they're painting things up they move a box from the base into the back of a truck that has a uh a logo on it that is from the nazi party with the palm tree. As a palm tree with a swastika in like right. in the center of the palm tree. And right. so I thought, oh my God, if that's already, like if they basically just stole this idea and the technology and stuff, that would be also, I feel like mind melting or whatever for, for Coulson. Right. Not only did we use this thing, but we also like essentially just took this from 
the people that we were essentially designed to destroy, right? Uh, but it turns out that that signal, uh, symbol, I mean, uh, is something that truly already existed. It was right. weirdly just happenstance. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe that this is to imply that this is maybe where they originally found the body and stuff like that. Right. But that symbol comes from the German Africa Corps, uh, which ran from 1941 to 1945, um, which would also imply why this is ending, like this grouping here right. in 1945. Um, right. But it, yeah, it was an actual thing. And apparently it also made a appearance in an Indiana Jones movie. I was, that There's was exactly what I was painted say. with yeah. a combination. They put up the truck and they kept, they get Sala. Or Indian, they get someone. They put up the truck, and there's a Nazi with the Nazi symbol with the with the palm, with the palm, palm tree, tree yeah, like on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I I had not recognized that oh, I'd man, seen that before. Man. I guess it's just been a while since I've seen the movie. Sure, but uh, that's just I feel like a fun yeah. thing where I for a second I was like, oh wait, oh no, but like what an interesting, like again I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was just a like again just a happenstance moment, but to sort of like. Well, that's the Hitler dis- digs in the desert. Remember how Red Skull's like Hitler true. digs in the yeah, desert yeah. and blah, blah, blah. This is sort of point. like we see how, like, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like, okay, do you want to dig in the desert or go up to Tonesburg? Okay, you go up to Tonesburg. And then this story. You still die when when right. when he says, we fought to the last man. You've been shot, dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dot. And the word here, shot and dot rhymes, and that, that makes me feel really happy. Shot, dot, dot, dot. Shot, 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 shot. Shots, 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 shots. Right, um, everybody. And then, like, Werner Reinhardt is like, no, you want to go into the, the into the desert, and then you get another option to, to go up to Austria. Anyways, anyways. Right, right. Um, so they, they have all these stencils cut out of all the numbers, which I like to imagine someone had to be tasked with, all right, make up through... A hundred? I made up through 84. <sighs> okay, fine. And then they just like shuffled them, I guess, because it mm-hmm. was like, I, I wrote down the order 78, 35, 43, 84. So they were just like, all right, here's some for you. Here's some. And like, it doesn't matter as long as you write it down. That doesn't matter. But like, right. it's funny that we didn't see like one. <laughs> like it was well, like. I've, I've also, I was also thinking about that same thing where I was thinking, I oh. wonder what the lowest number one they took into the field because right. some of some of those numbers have probably already been used. Well, and they probably this probably this definitely isn't the first hydra base they've done this for. Right, correct. So they probably used one, you know, 3 months ago or whatever. Right. Interesting. But they also didn't use them on everything. Um uh, hang on a second. Uh Oh shoot! Hang on, I gotta remind myself of something. Hang on, I gotta. Hey, while you while you look that up, let me give a little bit of context. Um, so in terms of when this stuff is taking place, I think this is gonna. This is like the interesting, like the first time that this actually uh, factors into the plot. So this episode, uh, according to the MCU wiki, takes place on March second, nineteen forty-five. The episode from last time where they were experimenting with Jia Ying and like. All that stuff uh, takes place on February 5th, the same day that all the rest of the end of Captain America happens. So it's been almost a month that they've been sort of on the run from the Allies. Um, I imagine going from base to base and basically like trying to gather up as much stuff and then like keep it on rolling. Um, but that's just, that's an interesting context that I hadn't put together before. Um, 
and that's that. So uh, they yeah. then talk. Peggy talks to Dum Dum and Marita. She talks at them about <laughs> basically. She basically outlines mm-hmm. the mission statement of what will become Shield. Right. Which is very funny because it's like uh, Howard Stark's going to look at these tonight. Also, we need an organization that keeps these things safe from people like Howard Stark. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that made the logic completely intact. It's just funny that it's like, all right, I'm going to give my money to Jimmy. And also, we need to write myself a note that says, hey, stop giving money to Jimmy. <laughs> point one, point two. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, the last thing that I have to cover is that uh, Morita is in the middle of making a threat and suddenly decides he wants to know German vocabulary. So he asks Dum Dum Dugan, bafflingly. Well, hang on. Say, say, the, say the line that he says, though. Like, we, we, right. can, we can do full quotes here, I think. Uh, Jim Marita says, Guten Tag, boys. All right, nice and calm. No sudden moves, or we'll tie a blasting cap to your... Hey, Dugan, what's the German word for nuts? I don't know, Jim. And then he cocks his gun, and he says, but tie a blasting cap to them, and I'll bet we'll hear it. (laughs) Very good. Um, Yes. Uh, So, nuts in German is nusa, but that means nuts. Like, Like nuts, like a nut. Right. Not a testicle, but like a nut. Our new set. <laughs> so what are, what, are, what are testes? So testes are, well, the German word for testicle is der testicle. <laughs> T-E-S-T-I-K-E-L. However, there is a German word which means balls, basically testicles okay. or balls. And so that is hona, H-O-N-E. But there's no umlaut. So it's hot. Ha- hold on. I need to look up the pronunciation of this. This is important. It is. Because to me, like, you know, if you're like, I'm going to tie a blasting cap to your nuts, and you're like, nuts? Like, it doesn't translate in there, and they're like, your testicles, right? I feel like no one's going to go, oh, nine der testicles, right? Like, it's like so, you know, I feel like that's just way too formal for that kind of moment. I feel like you're going to go, no, not my goddamn nuts. You know what I mean? Not my nuts. (laughs) No, it's like nine, not my baller shacked i don't know ball right. shacking um ball shacking hold on um uh testicles is what i searched hoden i wrote the thing down wrong oh because it autocorrected damn i'm glad that we i'm glad we looked this up good uh Nine. hoden mine hoden hoden yeah d d hoden hoden dare hoden <laughs> dare hoden because it's plural but it is still uh masculine because, you know, some How do you spell it? H-O-D-E-N. Hoden. H-O-D-E-N. I'm going to make a tweet. And it won't make sense until... When does this episode come out? comes out on October 17th, Colin. On October 17th, this tweet will make sense. <laughs> we are recording this on September 25th, 2022, where I am. It still has half an hour left for Colin on September 24th. All I have left is Avengers Ensemble. May I? Yeah, go for it. Avengers Ensemble. So this is uh, the series, the season premiere of uh, season two. Uh, it's an episode called Shadows. It premiered on September 23rd, 2014. So we're just a couple of days out from eight years ago when we're recording this. This episode was written 
by Marissa Tancheron or Tancheron. Uh, she not only wrote 17 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she is one of the co-creators of the mm. show, and we will see her many, many years from now as oh, a character good. on an episode. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Remember cool. the, the episode where they, they like GoPro, like it's like the, the um, uh, Deke becomes like an influencer and like he like his friends come and like she takes a selfie like a uh, oh uh, right yes a, yes a yes selfie She's, stick that's Marissa Tantron that's right you know what? I think you've actually told me that before yeah. and I because as you started saying that I was like that makes sense yep, yeah that that yeah. that's all fresh in my memory again um she also wrote six episodes of Dollhouse and uh she co-wrote Doctor Horrible's sing along blog oh, which is great hmm. um and introduced the world to uh one uh Neil Patrick Harris is funny two. Um, what's his name is still very good. Even the, yes, and three. Uh, who is Felicia Day? Yep. Um. So, and those are the only characters. Uh. Well, no, there are more characters than that, but those are the main characters. Anyways, we're not talking about Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. Uh, this episode was co-written by Jed Whedon, uh, who is her husband. Interesting. And we've talked about him before because we he also wrote. Um, the uh, he wrote six thirteen. So he wrote when they, the little bit where they, time travel back to nineteen thirty one. We did a half, one and a half episodes about season six episode thirteen that was written by Jed Wheaton. Uh, he it. is Joss Wheaton's brother, and the three of them wrote Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog, and also uh, did things with Dollhouse and. Mm-hmm. Much to do with all the you know all the weed and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has contributed to pop culture, despite the fact that he perhaps is the most is one of a, a less a, a savory uh, fellow. Joss, you mean? Joss, yes. I know nothing about Jed. Yeah, except I'm, for I'm maybe not he could use a shave uh, on his IMDb picture. Um, <laughs> it was directed by Vincent Miziano, uh, who also directed Snafu, the Agent Carter episode Snafu, which we have referred to mm-hmm. uh, outside of recording this show because we were talking about uh, words that used to contain right. curse words, but then Disney turned them into just a normal word, capital mm-hmm. S N A F U. Um, he wrote, he directed that episode as well. Um, and there's no updates for him. Nothing has changed in his life um, on IMDb. Uh, the Hydra officer that um, Reinhardt talks uh, to. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it just always sounds like a slam, and I don't. I don't know why, but just anytime you go and there's no update, right? Like just makes it sound like, and he's done nothing. <laughs> Get out. Nothing, of, nothing of note. And actually, if he had done something, but it wasn't nerd or comic book related, I also right. still would. Right. But anyways. and I feel like that's that's probably what happens for a lot of these folks. But right. it's just like the way that it's worded makes his it sound life like has gone like, nowhere. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's what I'm saying. exactly what it sounds like. Where you're like he peaked in Agents of Shield. Um, is what I'm saying here. Vincent Misiano, come at me. Um, and come on the show. James. Yeah. Uh, the Hydra officer that Reinhardt talks to is played by a guy named Ben Turner Dixon. Uh, no comic book or nerd stuff, but he did play the son of a beloved Timeline Scavengers character. Wobbles? He played Agent, Agent Wobbles? Wobbles' son, Jimmy Wobbles. Oh half my man, God. half chair. What? Walking what around. What a get. Holy yeah. shit. No, who did he play? 
he played related uh, James Roosevelt, FDR's oldest son, in oh, Warm Springs, which I believe is a miniseries, which starred someone famous as FDR. That the name is escaping me. Uh, I also want to talk to you about this thing that I found very interesting about Ben Turner Dixon. He played a character um, in Dexter called EMT Ben. Um, so his character's name was EMT Ben, but at the time he, he was going by Turner Dixon. So <laughs> EMT Ben Turner Dixon, Ben Turner Dixon playing EMT Ben. You possibly are muted or you're just mouthing something. I'm, I'm just mouthing it. I'm trying to, I'm, Great. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just mouthing it back to myself. Um, I just, I just thought that was funny because it was like EMT Ben and he's like Turner Dixon. It's like, wait, no, actually Ben Turner Dixon sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, Anyways, he's he's fine. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Anyway, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's he's he has uh, done additional crew stuff for Fifty Shades Freed. He's done some ADR work. Uh, he did an American Horror Story ADR, Flatliners. Hmm. He's in post production for a documentary called Tender Points: A Fibromyalgia Journey. So he's doing some stuff. Wow, he's all over the place. Yeah, he's all over the place. BTD. BTD, when's that documentary coming out? TBD. All right. That's all I have for uh, the episode for today, I think, he said, sure. checking his notes. In a, yep. Uh, Colin, do you want to take us over to social media? Yeah. Okay. Here's here's what I'm saying. Right. I think now is the time, to, again, to experiment a little bit more. Okay. Uh, what's a different thing? Like, if we want to go for maybe more of just like what is – since it's a show, maybe we go by like a seasonal thing. Release the Terrigen Mist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shall we release the Terrigen Mist? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here. Hit, Ooh, yeah. Hit, hit yeah. me with that. Hit, hit me with that. Oh, no, I guess I would say that, right? I would say, well, uh, yeah. James, should I release the Terrigen Mist? Yes, please do. Absolutely. Well, this mist today that I want you to, uh, I don't know, douse yourself in is a little recommendation. In the show, James is like laughing, like trying not to laugh at it. It's a Terrigen mystery about what you're going to say. Oh, it is. Uh, I want to give a little recommendation for the show. Let's see, mystery. Let's go with Midnight Curiosities, kind of a newer show to the Scavengers Network. The the two co-hosts for that show, uh, Raquel and War Beauty, uh, curators, sorry, Raquel and War Beauty, uh, do like a deep dive into the world of metaphysics. So they're doing, you know, conspiracy theories, cryptids, spirituality, some religion stuff, uh, things like apothecary kind of, you know, sure. style medicine and stuff like that. Talking about all sorts of things like that. So they have new episodes every other Monday. Uh, yeah. And uh, they are just coming back for like a new season, like pretty much right about now. I believe their newest season started either last Monday or this Monday. I can't remember which one. Yeah, they're, they 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 really get like do some really good sort of dig in deep nuanced examinations of this stuff. Like other podcasts in this realm could be either like all of this is ridiculous or all of this is real. And I think they walk a really cool line between look, if it's harmful, take it easy. If yeah. it's not hurting anyone, take it easy. You know right. what I mean, like, like it's midnight curiosity. So they kind of explore, like, okay, what's the deal with this? 
and then sort of I think, I think it's a very open open minded show. Yeah. Um I think kind of a, a generous thing. I think yeah. there's a very good uh like I'm trying to remember the exact wording that they used when they did a live show at Snips. Um yeah. War Beauty had said this one thing at one point that was kind of like whether you realize it or not, you might already be within this one realm of subject that we're talking about. But like if you don't understand it or if you don't necessarily accept it, then like it doesn't matter, right? Like yeah. it, like it's inconsequential to you. Right. So whether it you know it could be something that you could go for, doesn't matter. That's fine because it's not going to harm you or anyone else by not going after or whatever. But like if you are interested in it, you can dive a little bit deeper and it won't do again kind of like this in the same vein it won't do any harm to you or anyone around you to just get more curious about it and to sure. like kind of like try to go to like the next level with like your your search yeah. on it kind of thing so i like the idea of like you know these things could be all around you but if you're like it's it's around me but i'm not i'm not about yeah. it fine Exactly. Totally fine. It's acceptable to to want to be a skeptic, essentially, a little bit, and to just For sort sure. of go, I'm okay with the world as I understand it. Yeah. But if you're ready to dig deeper, here's the information. Um, things like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's that show. Midnight Curiosities. You can find them on uh, all sorts of uh, platforms, but uh, if you want to find more information and also listen to an episode, you can check them out on scavengersnetwork.com. Perfect. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.